Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. We're on a series of uh, overflow. So we're talking about a life uh, that demands an explanation. You guys are cool. You can... Uh... It's very nice, but um, you can go and sit down. Um, and I've been thinking about this concept because I think overflow um, is amazing. And uh, really for us, the challenge is to live lives uh, of overflow. Uh, and so tonight I wanted to talk to you about that concept. And I've been thinking about it recently because um, a few weeks ago, my grandma's sister died. Um, she was an amazing, amazing woman. She was 91 uh, and she was a legend. Like she lived in her own house uh, she like, was almost completely deaf, but just really, really cool. Um, just an amazing woman. And she's, uh, she's a real adventurer at heart. Like she, uh, she would go on trips around the world. And instead of going on a nice luxury cruise liner, she would go on a container ship. She would just kind of buy a ticket and off she'd go. And she's been to some amazing places, but she was like a passionate follower of God. She uh, had just had made a decision in her life. Uh, that she was just going to go all in for God, which was amazing. And just the overflow in her life uh, was incredible. And so I've been thinking about that because my mum uh, uh, wrote the eulogy to say at the funeral. And I was reading that. And, and I was reflecting on that. I don't know if, if you're like me, but in those kind of moments, uh, you think about maybe what people would say at your funeral. Anyone else like that? You're like, yeah, you know, think about that. And uh, I, I wondered... What kind of thing are we leaving as a legacy? You know, what is the legacy uh, about us? What would our loved ones say uh, at our funerals? What would they say? What are the things uh, that they would speak about? Uh, what would they say? And to, to be honest, I don't want to wait till I'm in my 90s uh, to make a decision to leave a legacy. That actually I want to be intentional about how I live my life now uh, so that no matter what happens, that there's, uh, I'm, I'm sowing into something, I'm believing for something, and I'm believing that there'll be a legacy left behind for my family and for uh, the people in my world. And I, I, I ask the question of myself, and I ask it of you tonight, I, are we living lives which cause people to kind of wonder about us? Are we living lives where people say, hey, what is it that makes them different? What is it about them? Where do they get their joy from? Where do their, uh, yeah, well, how come they're just so hopeful all the time? How come, no matter what their circumstances, they've just got this life about them, they've got this freedom about them? Because I want to be someone that when people uh, I meet for the first time kind of go away a little bit like, man, there's just something different about the way that she conducts herself. And, and for you, the same. And this morning, uh, this, this evening, and um, this evening, I love the thought that we can make decisions to be people that are intentional about how we live our life, but we've got an amazing example of what to do in the Bible, that actually the Bible is just full of people who, who are passionate about living lives of overflow. Uh, and, and I want this evening to go to the book of Acts with you, and I, I like the book of Acts because it inspires me. You know, the, the book of Acts is really the story of the, the very early church uh, and actually what happens in, and how the gospel really spreads throughout the world. And it's amazing because for, for a lot of the book of Acts, the people are under quite heavy persecution. So they're suffering quite a lot. And uh, it's kind of, I, I find it fascinating because in the time when there's uh, a lot of persecution, actually the 
the gospel spreads much more quickly because they're kind of forced out of the places where they're comfortable. And they're sent around the, the empire, around the area um, in the Middle East, and really the gospel uh, spreads. And actually the message of Jesus and the hope that we have uh, just gets taken to so many different places. And this evening I wanted to talk about that because I think there's something in it for us uh, in terms of a, a model really to show us, hey, what does it look like to live lives of overflow? Is that cool? You with me this evening? It's good. So in the first chapter of Acts, Jesus ascends to heaven uh, and his, his followers are, are following his instructions to wait in the upper room for the Holy Spirit to come. Uh, and so we read in chapter 2 about the day of Pentecost. And if you want to turn with me, uh, chapter 2, um, verse 2, it says this, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everybody came running. And then they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These are people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. That's very cool, eh? Like, it's, it's amazing. You kind of picture yourself in that moment, and just the, the kind of sense of, wow, that would have been happening for those people, hearing people speaking their languages. Uh, all of a sudden, there's something that causes them to question, how can this be? What's different about these people? What's happened in this moment? And, and from there, Peter preaches a powerful sermon about who Jesus was and the authority that he speaks with. Uh, and that he shared that if they're to turn from their sin and be baptized, uh, then they receive the Holy Spirit and they'll be saved. And what's amazing is that those who believed were added to the church. And it says that there were 3,000 saved that day. It's a pretty good day in the life of the church, right? 3,000 added. And see, as the Holy Spirit fell on the believers in the upper room, something shifted in their life. Something changed about them. They received power when the Holy Spirit came, and they began to witness to the people surrounding them. And things started to change. There was an overflow out of their lives, and miraculous things happened. And see, overflow is God's idea. That actually, He came up with the concept, and it's His intention for us to live that way. And I love that we're to be the continuation of the Acts Church in the world, and that uh, we're to look at their example for how to be people to live lives of overflow. I mean, we are, we're part of the Acts movement. That's the name of our church. That's who we are. And it's something for us, we can say, yep, actually, I'm going to choose to be the continuation of what I read here. These are my brothers and sisters that maybe lots of generations ago, but actually, I'm going to choose to look at what was about their lives lives and believe for that myself. One of the, the features that distinguished the early church was their generosity. Uh, for me, when I read through Acts, I'm amazed at their generosity. 
I'm kind of challenged uh, by their generosity. And I think, you know, they're generous in, in lots of different ways. And I don't know about you, but I often, when I think of the term generosity, instantly kind of financial generosity springs to mind. And uh, I'm human, I love to be the victim of generosity. You know, if somebody else uh, wants to be generous, like, I'm totally okay with that, you know. And this sermon is not about you being generous to me, but that's the thought uh, that, that we love we love to be victims of generosity. We love to be the person that's, you know, someone gives a kind word and, and it's like, oh, yeah, actually, you know, the, I love that Joe and I, like, God just was on the same like, vein, which is really, you now we have tapped into that because Joseph, like the thought of encouraging one another, that's, I don't know about you, but when you get that word, it's like something lifts in you that actually, uh, I love to be the victim of generosity when it comes to gifts. Like, I've, I've really been blessed. My mum is like the ultimate gift giver. She's like, she plans all year what to give. And she has this present cupboard at home, which was like the like sacred place that as a child you always wanted to go, but you were really never allowed. But she's like that. She loves the thought of finding stuff. And she, when Josh was born, she just bought us this massive bag of goodies that she'd been saving for who knows how long. Uh, but like, that's so nice when you realize, wow, actually someone's got something for me or something special has happened, you know, to be cared for. The, the generosity of someone saying, hey, actually, yeah, I made a meal for you or I've done this for you, or I've thought of you this week. There's something about that that's just shifts something in our life. And this evening, see, generosity catches the world's attention. Uh, it's interesting because generosity really seems like people seem to notice that. Like YouTube's awesome because actually I think generosity is like a wave that's been caught by YouTube. It's kind of crazy. Like people love these videos of like someone giving a homeless man, man some like sleeping bag and then somebody out, he goes and like buys something for somebody else. And you just kind of see this thing and people love those videos. They've been watched like 20 million times, you know, and then the thought of that. And I remember... One day, I was at the supermarket, kind of just doing my own thing. And, you know, you're kind of in the line, and sometimes you're just kind of in your own space. And all of a sudden, I, like, kind of landed back where I really was. And I realized that the lady in front of me uh, was having a discussion with the, the, uh, the checkout lady about the fact that she, her card had declined, and she wasn't able to pay for her groceries. And so there's this moment where they're kind of negotiating, like, because she, she really needed these things, and so she was trying to work out, okay, which of the things could she get? And in this moment, I was struck with the fact that, hey, actually, that I could do something about the situation. So I just kind of really gently said to the woman, oh, I'm happy to pay for those things. And there was this really awkward moment where the, like, checkout lady did, kind of didn't understand that I was, like, trying to pay for her groceries, and, and then she just, like had tears in her eyes and you're trying not to make a scene but there was an amazing thing that happened when, when I left there was just a, a lift I felt like man actually God you gave me the opportunity to be generous to somebody else and that's something amazing the ability that we have uh, to be generous and I think actually it's incredible to know that we can do that one another. The, the thought of generosity is awesome and it, it doesn't have to be large or expensive that actually, it's an act of overflow. 
It's God pouring out of us to touch humanity, to touch the world. That actually, as we are generous in different ways, that that's the extension of God's kingdom to those people. That's the, the light coming into those places. And this evening, I wanted to talk about four types of generosity. Uh, the first one is words. See, this is something that everybody has that they can give. Everybody can be generous with their words. It doesn't cost us anything. I like the thought, uh, recently Pastor John talked about Barnabas and he was renamed Barnabas uh, as the, uh, the son of encouragement is what Barnabas means. And he was a man who sought out Paul and encouraged him to return to the call of God on his life. And we're going to just read really briefly about his story in Acts 11. It says this, news of this reached the church in Jerusalem and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw the grace of God, uh, of what, sorry, saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. How cool is that? Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Paul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great members and numbers of people. The disciples were first called Christians uh, at first in Antioch. See, we never know the power of our words. We don't know what it does for somebody else. I, I was thinking recently just, just how easy it is to bring a lift to somebody else. It's like the thought of, of encouraging words, generous, generosity with our words is like, is like wind in people's sails. You know that moment where you say something and you just see this kind of like, oh. yeah, that there's something, there's a shift in perspective. There's a change that happens in people's lives. And actually, you know, I, I know all of us can probably think of moments where an encouraging comment said at the right moment has been the thing that we needed to keep going. That actually in that moment when someone said something to us, it's been like, okay, we've kind of just been like, oh, going along, going along, maybe just not telling anyone else, but things have been pretty tough. And all of a sudden, somebody says something and it just, it just kind of shifts stuff for us. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like Barnabas saying to, uh, to Paul, hey, come on, come back to the call of God. That's a pretty awesome and amazing thing. But it can be small things as well. That in that moment, you know, something to, to keep people like going, to say, hey, actually, you can do this. Uh, and I, lo I love this video. I love Kid President. He's a cool dude, man. That guy, like, it's amazing. If you're interested about his story, he's got a quite serious uh, health condition, but he's made a decision. I'm just not going to partner with that. And so he, he makes these videos, which is amazing, and they're really, really cool. But I liked it at the end. He said, if you can't think of anything nice to say, you're not thinking hard enough. You know, I grew up where like my mum and dad, I'm sure they used to say, if you can't think of anything nice, don't say anything at all. But like, actually, to be honest, like, if you're not thinking, you're not thinking hard enough if you can't think of something nice to say. And, and that's a challenge. But it doesn't cost us anything to be generous with our words. That can be incredibly valuable for others. So my question is, what does overflowing generosity look like with your words? 
See, maybe it's a church family who are living the fullness of the call of God in our lives because we've been in community where people have, have spurred us on to say, come on, if God said you can do it, then you've got what it takes. That actually, maybe it's, it's a family who looks out for one another and notices, oh, that person just looks like they really need something and, and just brings encouragement in that moment. Maybe it's a, a family who are responsive to the Holy Spirit and when God puts that person on our mind, we just think, oh, yeah, I'll quickly text them now uh, to spur them on because I believe that we can be a family overflowing in generosity with our words, that there's things that, you know, I love the thought that, that we would get a nickname because we're so encouraging. Like, that, that's people would change our name. You know, we change names for all sorts of reasons. But how cool would it be if, if people start just tagging that on? Oh, yeah, you know, that person because of their encouragement. And that's not something that costs us very much at all, but it's an amazingly powerful way to be generous. Cool. So number one is with our words. The second one is with our time. See, we each have equal opportunity because we've all got the same amount of time. When we read Acts, we, we hear about Paul. Uh, and Paul's an amazing uh, man from, from the New Testament. And he, he's writing letters and he's traveling from place to place. Uh, and, and at the start, when we first uh, hear about Paul, he's a really religious Jew uh, who's received the finest training. And he's a good Pharisee and he knows the Bible and he believes that the Christian movement is... Um, is dangerous to Judaism. So he hates the Christian faith and he's persecuting Christians uh, without mercy. And, and uh, on one of these journeys where he's going to take some Christians out, he encounters uh, Jesus on the road to Damascus uh, and his life is, is never the same. From that moment on, his, his life is different. And then he really, over time, he gives us life to take the gospel to the world, uh, to both the Jews and the Gentiles. Uh, and he really, he, he spends his time working hard to convince the Jews that, that actually the Gentiles are part of uh, the call of God. And then he spends most of his time convincing the Gentiles that God really uh, loves them and that they're really important to him, them as well. Uh, but he travels around the Roman Empire. He invests time on these missionary journeys where he goes out and he's like, hey, goes from place to place. And I, I read it and you're like, in the Bible, it's like, Paul traveled to blah, blah, blah. And to me, their names, I've been to a few of kind of places, but I have really no concept of what it actually meant when it said, oh, Paul went to Antioch. You know, it's probably like four days walking, and they didn't have cars or planes or things. And so, like, the actual thought, if you put yourself in there, of thinking, like, there's stuff that we read in Acts about he travels from place to place, that actually there's an, an investment of his whole life, really, in deciding, hey, I'm going to be someone who goes and encourages the church in these places. And uh, when he can't go from place to place, if he's in prison or things are happening, he writes them letters, and he says, hey, to the church over here, I'm encouraging you, spurring you on. I remember the names of the people in your church, and I'm writing to you to say, hey, what you're doing is awesome. Don't give up in your faith. That he keeps going, and he's saying, hey, you can do it. I know that you've got the Holy Spirit. I know that you've got God with you, and that you can do it. And for us, as we invest others and give generously, God overflows out of us into their lives. See, we have the opportunity to serve people in our world with our time. 
And sometimes people ask us, how can you manage what you do with the time that you have? Like, how do you fit everything in? But actually, that's, that's kind of an ability to, to live a life that demands an explanation, to say, hey, actually, I'm, I'm just doing things by the grace of God, that he gives me the time that I need to do the things that he asks. I love that we're a family, like, to help people move. You know, someone, someone's moving, we're like, cool, I could do that. That we're generous with people serving others in simple ways. Providing meals. We were really blessed when we had Josh. People provided meals for us, serving us and doing things. If people have had an operation, that we, we're, that's the part of who we are. That there's an overflowing generosity that flows out of us with our time to say, actually, I could do something about that. Oh, I get, that's cool. I can be a part of that. My question is to you, so what does overflowing generosity look like with your time? See, maybe it's a church family who comes together to put on value. A pamper night for mums and caregivers of kids with special needs. Maybe it's a church that gives up their time and money to generously put on an amazing night that changes people's lives. I remember last year, um, value happened just after we had Josh, I uh, was had Josh, and I made this. And yeah, no, I'm still gonna come and serve at Value, and it was awesome. Um, God was amazing, and I had this moment where I was um, giving a message to this lady, and we were kind of sharing the story about how life was going, and she just really opened up to me about her whole life. And she had cancer, and she had three kids, one who had a serious disability, and she was on her own. Uh, and basically, things were just really, really tough for her. And it was the first night all year that she'd had an opportunity to do something for herself. And I remember in that moment just being like, oh my goodness, God, like, wow, just puts everything in perspective. Like anything that was going on in my life kind of seemed like really small, you know. <laughs> but it's like, wow, actually that's, that's what we get the opportunity to do, that, that we've, these people are people that, Man, they need encouragement. They need a word. They need something. And, and we don't have to be amazing at what we do. We just have to say, okay, I could do it. So if you're thinking and you're thinking, oh, I'm not sure if I, um, I don't have the skills to do anything, just come. Just sign up to say, I want to be a part of it because you can be trained to do stuff. There's stuff for everybody. But what an amazing blessing it is that we can serve people who really feel like actually a lot of the time they're completely forgotten or, or on their own because of the fact that they just spend all their time looking after their kids. And one night that we get to say, and that's what I, like an overflowing church and generosity with our time. And that's one example I don't want to be, uh, give every like, idea to you because I believe that the Holy Spirit will put things in your heart where he'll be like, hey, actually, why don't you be generous with your time to that person? You could do that. Yeah, there's so many things. I keep thinking of examples of just ways that people uh, have been generous with their time. And they're just such an amazing blessing that we can bring and overflowing God's love into our world as we're generous with our time. So the second one is time. The third one is hospitality, meeting the needs of other people. In, in the book of Acts, there's a special mention of a woman called Lydia. She's really cool. And I, I want to just really quickly share her story with you. So if you go with me to Acts 16, it says this. On the Sabbath, we went a little way outside the city to a riverbank where we thought the people would be meeting for prayer. And we sat down to speak with some of the women who had gathered there. 
One of them was Lydia from Thyatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshipped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. She and her household were baptised and she asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I am a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she urged us until we agreed. A little bit later on in Acts 16 verse 40, it says this, when Paul and Silas left prison, they returned to, home, uh, to the home of Lydia. Uh, there they met with the believers and encouraged them once more. Then they left town. See, Lydia's transformation of life was evidenced by her eagerness to give missionaries hospitality in her home. That the truth that she'd received in her heart was manifest in her kindness to other people. That actually first came her faith, and then what's awesome is that the winning of her whole household, all of her servants to God, and then her love and gracious hospitality. And finally, her reception of Paul and Silas when they've been discharged from prison, when they're in a position where they've been battered and bruised. And they, she's in that moment, the person that can meet their needs and bless them before they go off on their way again. And see, what's cool is while benefiting from their hospitality, Paul and Silas can talk to the believers and encourage them and say, hey, actually, there's going to be trials ahead of you, but uh, that uh, from here, God's got you. And that actually, from there, they encourage Lydia and they praise uh, God for all that she's meant to them uh, and to her companions. And Lydia really, for me, she understands uh, that she has the means to bless these missionaries and actively look for opportunities to be hospitable. And that's so cool. And for me, I remember uh, when I was 17, I just finished high school and I, I went to be a gap student. I lived in England for a year, worked at a, a primary school. And when I was there, I met this one family and they were amazing. They'd, uh, for a really short time, lived in New Zealand and um, worked at a university. And uh, they had a daughter who was the same age as me. Uh, and they were incredible. I kind of had this community at the school, but they really just drew me into their family. And they would come um, every Sunday to pick me up for church if I couldn't get a ride. Uh, they would pick me up for like the youth group thing that happened on a Thursday night. They invited me around to their house for dinner. They just did as much as they could to, to make me feel like a part of their family. And I remember just being struck by the fact that they, they didn't know me at all. We just met one time at church and I got on with their daughter. But they were intentional about finding ways to make my time in England the most uh, enjoyable. They just made a decision, hey, we're just going to have you as a part of our family. And for me, I left that time thinking, man, how cool would it be if I could have a family that was like that? That actually it doesn't take a lot to, to just be able to do that, to find ways that we can be hospitable to other people. And uh, whatever it is for us, looking for those opportunities to do that. And sometimes, you know, when it comes to, to meals and things like that, we, we like to be invited to other people's house for a meal. You know, it's really nice if someone puts on a beautiful meal and you love that thought of like someone's been all that time. But how cool is it when we can be the people doing the inviting? Saying, hey, actually, hey, I could have you in my home. Uh, opening our homes and inviting people in is a great way to show the love of God. That actually connecting over food. Food is a great connection point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, 
the cool thing is, is that you don't actually have to wait till you've got heaps of money before you start doing it as well. It doesn't take a lot to put on a nice meal for somebody else or to do things. Sometimes when you're flatting, you can kind of think, oh, no, I just don't have enough, you know. Oh, I'm a flat. I'm not sure what people think. But actually, it's every opportunity for us to be generous in the seasons that we're in, thinking for ways to do that. And my question to you is this. What does overflowing generosity look like with your hospitality? See, maybe it's when guest speakers who have never been to your church before offer to come because they've heard how well your church looks after them. Maybe it's inviting a new family over for a meal. Maybe it's inviting your neighbours over for a meal. Or your mum down the road. Maybe it's an e-group who provide a meal for their group each week uh, just to bless the people who are a part of it. There's so many different ways with our hospitality that we can uh, be extending the love of God into the world that we're in uh, just by being intentional and thinking, man, I've got something I can do with this stuff and be able to be a blessing to the people in our world. So the third one is our hospitality. Number four is our resources. In Acts 2, verse 43 and 44, it says this. Uh, So all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped at the temple each day, met in the homes of the Lord, uh, for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying their goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their number, uh, to their fellowship, those who were being saved. See, the Christians in Jerusalem, they shared all they had so that everyone could benefit from God's gifts that they were intentional about sharing, that as the believers, for us, we recognize that everything we have come from God and we have the ability to be generous. And that's an incredible privilege that we get uh, to be able to do that. And so that we have enough to be able to share with other people. And what's cool is that they saw a need and they recognized, hey, I can be the person that does something about that. I can be the person that that makes a plan. See, overflow was that the church grew uh, and more and more people were saved. I'm a part of this group on Facebook and it's awesome. I love it. And I I don't know if it's a Christian group or not, but I'm inspired by it. And what, what happens is people, random people say, oh, I made this meal, got four portions left, take a photo of it, and then people can say, hey, I'd really like to be considered for that thing. And then they either pick it up or someone drops it off. It's amazing. And it's just this real simple system where they're using Facebook to connect people who are hungry with meals or people who are in need uh, with meals. And it's amazing. Sometimes it's like, okay, I've actually I've got these belongings. Uh, I've got these baby clothes or I've got this or I've got that. And, and I, I'd love to be able to give it away. And people say, oh, please please consider me or please consider this person. And it's just a really simple thing. But every time I'm on there and someone does it, there's a little part of me that's like, man, this is awesome. Like no matter how kind of stink the world sometimes seems when you watch the news, that actually there's just something real simple 
that's happening in our community where people are just finding ways to bless other people. And we love to be the person who has a need and someone blesses us. That someone pays a bill, someone buys a meal. But it's amazing when we have the opportunity to do that for somebody else. To be the people who, who overflow uh, generosity into the lives of the people in our world because we're in the supermarket and we notice the person in front of us and suddenly we have this thought where God's like, no, you've got enough to be able to do that. And so we awkwardly go up and say, I'd love to pay for that. Can I do that for you? Or, you know, you're at Shout and, and someone in front of you out of nowhere pays for the resources that you're about to buy. And you come away thinking, wow, man, that was such a blessing. What does overflowing generosity look like with your resources? See, maybe it's when you've been so generous with your finances that your accountant feels a personal challenge to give themselves. See, maybe it's being able to sponsor a mum for value or, or see a need, know somebody and you think, man, actually, I could be the person that does something about that. 2 Corinthians 9, uh, verse 11 to 15 from the message says this, God can pour on the blessings in astonishing ways so that you're ready for anything and everything, more than just ready to do what needs to be done. As one psalmist puts it, he throws cautions to the wind, giving to the needy in reckless abandon. His right living, right giving ways never run out, never wear out. This most generous God who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meals is more than extravagant with you. He gives you something that then you can then give away, which grows into full-formed lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. Carrying out the social relief work involves far more than helping meet the bare needs of poor Christians. It also produces abundant and bountiful thanksgiving to God. This relief offering is a prod to live at your very best, showing your gratitude to God by being openly obedient to the plain meaning of the message of Christ. You show your gratitude through your generous offerings to your needy brothers and sisters and really toward everyone. Meanwhile, moved by the extravagance of God in your lives, they'll respond by praying for you in a passionate intercession for whatever you need. Thank God for this gift, His gift. No language can praise it enough. I love this. This verse, it captures the incredible reality for me of, of what God has done and the way He's been so amazingly generous towards us. I love the promise at the start. God can pour on the blessings in astonishing ways so that you're ready for anything and everything. How cool is that? That actually God is the one who gives us the ability to be generous, that it's just an outpouring of Him through us into our world, the overflow of who we are, saying that actually it's, it's His generosity to us that means we can be generous in our world. And I, I'm reminded, I love thinking about the generosity of God with the gift of Jesus. 
And when we think about living a life that demands an explanation, Jesus is the epitome of that, that His life caused people to to question what is it about Him, wanting to know, wanting to, to give their life. And Jesus, when He came, He revolutionized the world. That people were expecting this this military leader who was going to overthrow everything, but Jesus just turned around completely and came in a way to serve, to pour out generously into people's lives. And that's the most incredible thing that God gave generously of His Son, that we could be reunited with Him. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.